You're listening to The Treatment Room, a safe haven for estheticians and beauty lovers alike to indulge in all things skincare. We've got a lot on the books, from interviews with experts and estheticians to sessions with me one-on-one dedicated to helping you find your glow and reach your professional potential in this ever-changing spa industry. I'm Tess and I'll be your esthetician and host. Feel free to relax, take a deep breath and grab a comforting cup of tea. Welcome to the treatment room. Before we get into today's episode, a huge thank you to Snow for sponsoring today's show. So I feel like every friend group has that one person who's obsessed with having a nice smile. That is me. I am obsessed with brushing my teeth after my coffee, getting my regular dental checkups, flossing, wearing my Invisalign doing all the things, I honestly just feel like I'm a better person when I'm confident in my smile. And I feel like we are all on Zoom and FaceTime so much more now. And it is just such a buzzkill when you're on FaceTime and you realize your teeth look literally brown. Happens to me all the time. I will film a full YouTube video and I realize I didn't brush my teeth after I had my coffee and my teeth look whack. So none of that with snow. I have tried everything. I have tried the white strips. I've tried the the brush little pens from the drugstore or Sephora. I feel like the treatments I've tried in the past make my teeth like super sensitive and tingly, just like the worst feeling in the world. I hate it. Or they just don't do a professional job and it looks patchy. None of that with snow. It whitens teeth in nine minutes a day and you start to see results after just three days. It comes with the cutest little kit. It is so high-tech, so bougie, so cool. It comes with the whitening serum that you apply to your teeth, and then you then stick in the retainer that actually connects to your phone and activates the LED light. It is designed to be pain-free for the utmost, most sensitive teeth, people who have had dental work or braces. It is perfect for you. I wish I knew about snow when I had the Invisalign brackets because you're not able to use traditional whitening methods when you have those brackets, but you can use snow while you have braces or any type of bracket. It also comes with a six-month supply of whitening serum, so anytime your smile needs a little touch-up, you can just apply it and you are good to go. Snow truly is the full 2021 experience. I feel so cool and high-tech when I use it. I will plug it in and I don't feel a thing. I will type up my virtual consult notes. I will write up an Instagram caption, edit a YouTube video, and then when nine minutes is up, I take it out and I have a noticeably brighter smile. You guys can go to trysnow.com and use my code TREATMENT for 15% off your order. You guys are going to be obsessed. I want you to go get that promotion. Go greet your clients smiling in the lobby. Go on that second date. Feel more confident on your daily virtual consults or Zoom calls. Try it, love it, and let me know what you think of snow. Welcome back to the treatment room, guys. How are you? Hope you're doing well. I just wanted to paint a little picture of my setting right now because I am looking at the most beautiful blue cloudless skies that I have not seen in so long. It's a beautiful sunny Saturday afternoon and I am in a cozy white robe on my couch. I brought my comforter out to the living room. I have my coffee next to me. I'm just so cozy and happy and honestly so happy that I have you guys to talk to. I've been thinking about this a lot lately and just I don't know what I would do without this outlet because it's where I share my thoughts and my feelings and my my new steps in life and my personal growth and my reflection, all these things. So I so appreciate having you guys here to listen and yeah, I don't know what I would do without you. I honestly, I was realizing the other day how I really never post to my personal Instagram account because 
it's like, I just feel so much more comfortable talking to you. I feel like you guys are my people and I don't know. It's, it's just, I feel like I'm, I'm speaking to people who value what I say and support me. So I really appreciate this community. And that's, that's really what I want it to be a community for you guys to network and talk with each other and, and learn new things and see, see what other people are doing. But you know, just see a variety of people doing different things and learn from each other. Um, I think community is so valuable. And truly my hope beyond just educating and helping you guys advance in your career. My true mission is to have this community of support. And even if that means one person is is listening to the podcast on their way to work and it helps calm their nerves or they feel less alone or they feel like they know an SD in this community, that means so so much to me. So I hope to be a friend for you and just be a part of your journey in some small way, even if it just means you're listening to this podcast while you do something else. Sometimes it's just comforting to have the voice of of somebody you feel like you know and um, somebody who is also on this journey themselves. So in today's episode, by the way, should have given you a disclaimer. You're getting a solo episode today. I have been having all these musings and I think having a new business on my own, there's so much that comes with that. I feel like it can bring out a lot of your insecurities or fears because truly you are on your own and there's nobody to go to. I mean, there's people to go to for answers, but I think we have to figure out a lot of those on our own. And it's just been, it's been a process for me. And I wanted to pass on some of my musings about things that may help you if you are thinking about being a new business owner, tips and tools and and little sayings I have realized to be true. And the first thing I want to talk about is me actually getting comfortable with myself as a business owner. And I'll tell you why that's so hard for me. I think growing up, I really idolized, you know, entrepreneurs, men, women in different industries. I think we saw with like Sophia Amoruso when her book came out and and Nasty Gal was really big. We really idolized that sense of female empowerment, female owned businesses. And I think that hashtag girl boss, it really just sort of like spoke to the momentum around women in business and the idea of what that should be. And there's been many people who have been influential to me. Emily Weiss, CEO and founder of Glossier, Lauren Everts of the Skinny Confidential podcast. She's been a big inspiration to me. Gary Vaynerchuk has been super inspirational to me. But thinking about all these people, and I don't know them personally, but thinking about the image of of sort of what they invoke, I always felt like they were sort of above me in a sense. Like they were these and I admire them so much, and I think they're incredible, but I just honestly, I could never truly relate to them, and I just sort of assumed these are people with really outgoing personalities, people who are really outspoken, people who are strong, and that must be what a business owner is. That's what an entrepreneur is. It's this sort of like outwardly extroverted, not shy, you know, fearless kind of person. And I think those traits will can certainly get you far in business, but it's not the only way to be a business owner. So 
that's the first thing I want to touch on because I know I was for so long discouraged from the idea and and the beauty of being a business owner is being in control of your reality, being in control of your finances to more of an extent than working for somebody else, being able to pursue your own ideas and and creative instincts and and how you think the company should be viewed what's the image of it what's the branding behind it all of these things you are actually in control of and honestly i i felt like i was always told by the media entrepreneurialism really isn't for everyone which i think is true but i think i let that discourage me because you're you're told so often work working for yourself it's not glamorous and really there are a lot of benefits to working for somebody else and while that is all true i don't think you should let that discourage you from creating your own reality creating your own success i think it's certainly possible for many people and i think I got caught up in this saying, everyone's not meant to be a business owner. And I really let that discourage me. And and I think we kind of got comfortable with that. And we were like, yeah, not everyone should be a business owner. Like people should really think twice about it and stop glamorizing it and work for somebody else. That's probably safer for most people. And I kind of want to challenge that because it's like, who are we to tell somebody it it may not be for them. Let them figure that out on their own. Anyway, these labels, I think, about being a CEO or entrepreneur or looking at these faces and personalities honestly really turned me off from finding my power because I just didn't resonate with the stereotype. I also come from a family of a lot of Leos, business owners, Um, My dad and my brother both have their own business, and they're very alpha male, strong, vocal type personalities. And I think, again, it's not that they told me I couldn't be a business owner, but I just assumed you, you had to have these stereotypical traits to be a strong business owner. And I don't think that's that's quite the case. I think if you find something you love and you don't necessarily have to reinvent the wheel, but if you can think of a way to make it more accessible or relevant or just update it in some fashion and you are committed to working on it every day and figuring it out on the way, I think more people can be in charge of, in charge of their future and and their success. So I want to provoke that, and I I don't say that meaning you need to go after this episode, rent a room, and be your own boss to be your own boss. That's not what I'm saying. I'm really, you know, I think there's a a lot that's true to the statement of being an entrepreneur. It is glamorized. We see it on Instagram. We see people having their own suites and having their own brands and it looks so cool. That's not what I'm saying to do it for the sake of that. But I'm saying don't discount yourself because you think that you're not worthy of it and that that somebody, anybody else but you is more deserving because it's absolutely not true. You just have to be willing to put in the time, don't rush it, be patient, educate yourself, set yourself up for success. If then, if you've been patient, if you've taken the time to learn the industry, you can have whatever future you want. So know that there's no one image of a girl boss or a CEO or an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur doesn't only look like Gary Vaynerchuk or Lauren Everts. It can look like you if you have the passion and the grit and want to work hard and want to make this a life because it is not easy. I'll tell you that. And it is a full-time job. 
it's hard for me to even figure out if I can take a day off because there's always more to do when you're running your own business. Things are always going to pop up. People are always going to need you. And that is part of the plan. So, so I do understand what people are saying. Other entrepreneurs are saying in discouraging people who are, you know, faint of heart about it. It's not for the faint of heart. It's probably going to be a full-time job, but it's an enjoyable job. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Having the flexibility to wake up and decide how my day goes and decide how much money I make, decide where I'm putting my efforts, what part of my business is getting more attention. I really relish that and um, think it's a beautiful thing and it's an empowering thing. So that was my first message. I don't want you to think being an entrepreneur has to look like a certain person because if you look at me, I probably see more outgoing than I am in real life. If you just listen to my podcast or, or watch me on YouTube, I probably seem very outgoing and confident, but I'm really not. I am a pretty shy person, very introverted. I think this quarantine time alone has been far easier for me than a lot of my friends, a majority of my friends who really, they they sort of get their energy from being around a lot of people and um, being social. For me, I recharge being at home, doing things that creatively inspire me and help me feel like I'm growing as a person. But I like my downtime. I like my alone time. Um, and that's okay. There can be many types of entrepreneurs. And I think, you know, the world needs leaders of all different skill sets. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I want to get into now some some things I've sort of learned about myself in this process. So I think some of you may know I have a therapist. I absolutely love her. I feel like I'm I'm talking to like, I have the comfort of feeling like I'm talking to a friend, but she's obviously a professional and very good at what she does. She just makes it seem like I'm talking to a friend. So she's amazing. Maybe I'll bring her on one day because she has a lot of amazing techniques um, for things like um, cognitive distortion, having inter interrupted thoughts, um, grounding tips. So she is a wealth of knowledge. I think I'd really like to bring her on actually, because I know some of us really struggle with anxiety in the career and it being so people facing. So I think she'd be amazing to have on sometime. But what she has reminded me in our last session is no is a complete sentence. So this might apply to your personal life. It might apply to work. I think the situation that reminded me to talk about it was I think as I am a new business owner and I'm still developing my policies, I'm still working out kinks, I'm, you know, finding new ways to manage the business. I think there's definitely people who pick up on that and people will tell you how they think you should run your business. Sounds crazy but it will happen. For an example, you might have a client say, why don't you carry this line? I really like, let's say, I really like SkinCeuticals. Why do you carry Image? Can you think about carrying, carrying Image? Because then I would really like to work with you. The answer is no. And I think it's, it's perfectly amazing to educate people. Tell them why you chose the brand you chose, why you are confident in it, 
what it has to offer them and um, explain that you chose it because you're confident in the results and all you want is to give them the results that they are after. And that's why you chose it. But I think this message is important for those people listening who are like me, who might be people pleasers, who, who are really accustomed to wanting to make everyone happy and you simply can't. So somebody asks, hey, can you take an appointment at 8 p.m. when you close your doors at 6? The answer is no, because you have your hours set in stone. You have your policies set in stone. Somebody no-shows and, and they say, I had I had something um, come up and I, I couldn't make it and I couldn't give you I couldn't give you a heads up and could you please give me my money back after they flaked on you and didn't give you any heads up? The answer is no. And it's not because you're not understanding and empathetic and maybe you do have a a, a circumstance where somebody had an emergency and and you refund their deposit, but you have to do things to protect yourself and to make the rules clear. Because if you bend the rules for one person, if if somebody knows, oh, she she let me slide last time I no showed or late canceled or she changed her rules for me. She changed the line she's carrying because I asked you will start to um, bend so much that you won't know who you are. So definitely stand strong in your beliefs and know that no is a complete sentence. And use your common sense. There's times maybe you want to justify it a little bit. And again, educate your client. But also know that no is a complete sentence. And you don't have to rationalize all of the choices that you make in business. They're your policies to protect you and um, keep your business running so you can best help other people. Number three. Okay, this is a good one. Another thing that is applicable to people who are people pleasers. Again, you guys, having this new business has brought a lot of old fears to light and it's something I am actively working on. So the third thing I wanted to say is that other people's behaviors are not a reflection of your worth. You have to remember that I wish I I better grasped grasped that as a new esthetician because it is so easy to have a bad day or a grumpy client or somebody who likes to complain a lot or somebody who's aggressive in their complaint. You should absolutely be open to criticism and constructive criticism. Um, but I think we all encounter those people who can taint the job or taint the day and some people just have anger and frustration to get out and they're looking for an outlet. So when their lash extensions or their facial or their brows don't meet their expectation, <laughs> there's always those people who will take those frustrations out on you. So I want you to remember this no matter what stage you are at, no matter what your skill level, nobody has the right to demean you and make you feel bad about yourself or that you are in the in the wrong job because we all learn and I'm not saying we shouldn't be open to criticism. That is one of the best ways I have grown as an esthetician and advanced and every complaint has taught me a lesson. But I say this because I know so many of us can get so down on ourselves, even though we gave our absolute best. And yeah, it's just encouragement to learn, to practice more, to get better. But do remember that how other people act is not a reflection of your worth. Even if you gave the worst eyebrow wax in the world, 
of course, I want you to get better. I hope that drives you to practice, practice, practice until you feel confident and good. But it does not diminish you as a person. And I have to remember this myself because you, again, that you will find in this business, there are people who will complain just to complain. They will ask about every service in the world, except for the one that you offer. They will request that you carry every line, except for the one you offer. There are people who will just not be satisfied and who won't be happy with their results, even though you've tried every every trick in your toolkit, you've done everything you can, you've been You've been there for that person constantly. You've checked in. There are still people who won't be happy and who may express that. And just remember, it's not a reflection of your worth. And your skills as an esthetician, quite honestly, do not define you. I don't define myself as an esthetician, even though that is the image everyone attaches to me because that's the kind of content I create. It doesn't define you as a person. And just remember, tomorrow's always a new day if you've had a rough day or time with a client. And there's always room to get better, but you do not have to tolerate behavior that makes you feel small. Tip number four, another gem from my therapist. There's actually quite a few that are inspired by by my therapist. I just love her so much. We love Jennifer. Um, she, She reminded me, anything that you produce is a reflection of your intentions and your energy. So, for example, I have vented to Jennifer many, many times because that's what well, that's what I do in therapy. I've vented many times about the stress of having a business, of making decisions, of um, certain consequences, of maybe taking the wrong steps. She has heard the whole process. What I think is really just valuable to know about the statement that anything you produce is a reflection of your intentions and energy is that it is always better to take a step back, take a pause, take a couple days rather than rush. Rushing is the last thing I want you to do as a business owner. It is so much better to take a step back when you are feeling overwhelmed than work yourself up, spend all night working on the project, and um, put all this negative energy, stress, starting to loathe it because you're tired and you're not taking care of yourself. I think all of that really comes back in the end. And remember, people are receiving the energy you put out into the world. So I try my very best to keep the process enjoyable and and sacred. And of course, there's moments of frustration. And it's just not easy running a business. It's simply not And it's not always going to be easy, but just remind yourself it is always far better to step back and take a pause and take care of yourself rather than put contempt and and just burnout back into the world. So that's honestly a reason, one of the reasons my line has been taking so long. COVID has put a lot of uh, time time delays on everything. Um, Also doing all of the things that I do has slowed it down. If somebody just only wanted to go out, create a line, didn't do anything else, they could definitely do it in a shorter time frame. But I have really tried to keep this process enjoyable because I'm never going to get it back. And when I do release products, I want to be truly confident and proud and happy about them and know that you're going to enjoy using them, love the experience, and you see results in your skin. So these are things I don't decide, things I don't decide on lightly. Everything from 
the formulations to the ingredients have been combed through with a fine tooth comb. The products have been clinically trialed. They have been tested by me. They've been tested by my friends. Um, not to mention all of the clinical data and results and testing the lab goes through. I wanted to make sure personally, I, I absolutely had to have them in my routine and that they could replace the already amazing products that I have. I didn't want to add anything in that was going to be, um, that was going to give the skin less of a result or just be a subpar experience. I really wanted to love it. And that's the only thing I want to share is something I'm absolutely in love with and know will truly affect change in the skin for the long term. So <laughs> I just wanted to put that out there as a reminder to keep keep the things you do enjoyable as soon as they start to become uh, not enjoyable. And believe me, I've been there because sometimes it feels like, I think especially with YouTube, the, um, the responsibility of needing to put a video out every week and a podcast out every week. It's kind of like, and don't get me wrong, because I totally enjoy it. But doing that every week is almost like there's never a break. The cycle just starts over again on Monday and I have to get to work and make content and I'm not complaining. I absolutely love it. But I really have to be conscious of, am I feeling burnt out? Even though the podcast was on my to-do list, am I feeling crappy? Because if I sit down and record when I'm feeling crappy, it's going to come out that way. You guys aren't going to get the same energy from it as you would if I recorded it on a day I feel inspired. And it's a thin line because I don't want to just share my highs. I try to be very transparent about my lows too, but I also don't want to put bad, like tainted, forced energy out into the world. That's another thing I've noticed with TikTok and creating TikToks. Anytime I tell myself, you have to do a TikTok today, and it's like this forced thing. The videos never do well. And then I think about when they did do well, it was in the beginning when I really didn't know what I was doing. I just picked up a phone and was playing around and um, put some TikToks out into the world. And for some reason, they really picked up. And and yeah, I think the the intention behind what you do and what you put out there, even something as simple and trivial as a TikTok, I think energy is energy. And um, whether it's giving a facial or creating, creating social media for your business or your brand, try to have fun with it and keep it natural and, and do it as, as something that's enjoyable. Use it as a tool a creative outlet, um, a way to communicate or express what you're feeling or doing or something you really want to show about your business. But the second it becomes forced, I think, is when people pick up on that and they just don't want to receive that type of energy. Okay, the next thing I want to talk about is something I touched on a little bit earlier in the podcast, which is interrupted thoughts or distorted thoughts and there is a whole list of different types of interrupted thoughts and it's something I really really struggle with guys and I think a lot of other people do too it's like these interrupted thoughts that could come into your mind about your relationship or your business or or a loved one or a friend different thoughts that might come up that are negative and really have no merit. And they're really just a form of self-sabotage. This has been, getting a grip on this has been crucial to running a business. I think running a business requires taking care of yourself and your mental health and spending time on, on issues that might be bothering you because it all comes through, I think in the final product. And I think we are much more efficient, 
people when we take care of ourselves. We're happier people when we take care of ourselves and when we spend the time working on ourselves. So that's been huge for me in 2020, biggest year of personal growth thus far. Most consistent time I've worked with a therapist and have just like really tried to spend the time working on my thoughts. But anyway, a form of interrupted thoughts I struggle with is something called catastrophizing. Hope I didn't butcher that. But basically making a catastrophe in your mind out of something that really hasn't happened yet. So an example could be for my business. This is one that often comes up. An example is, I don't know how to do X step that lies ahead. I don't know how to trademark my business, for example, or I don't know how to manage the shipping process for my business. Therefore, I don't know how to run a business. Therefore, my reputation will suffer. And therefore, I will become unliked or unlovable. If you guys think about that, not, like the end result of the first statement has no connection. Me not knowing how I will manage inventory in a shipping process does not equal you not loving me or liking me. They really are unrelated, but sometimes my mind will draw these sort of connections. And I think it's important to talk about sort of the mental health side of being a business owner, of um, finally stepping into your power. It's not like you step up to the plate and all your old fear or all your old fears or insecurities or worries or thoughts about self-image or how you think of yourself doesn't mean all those things go away. It's something we continue to work on. And yeah, there are those cocky people with little insecurities who are very sure of themselves and confident and they might be a great leader but I don't, I really want this podcast to empower somebody who's always thought that is what they want to do, but who has let their own self-image or self-doubt or low self-confidence hinder them from it. Because I have been there. I used to feel like I really didn't know like what, what my role should be in this world. And I put so much stress on finding the dream job and finding my quote unquote passion and and finding a purpose. I put so much stress on it that I just didn't know who I was and I defined myself with external things like fashion or a boyfriend and I really just want this podcast to encourage you to know you are enough. You can literally do anything you want. If I can do it, if the girl who was so shy to give presentations in class that she would shake and um, feel like she was going to pass out or think about it for a week in advance of the presentation and just want to drop out of school, if I can do it. If I can have a podcast and a YouTube channel, I know anybody can. So I hope that inspires you. Um, I'll leave that note there. I have, let's see, I have three more and I'll try to be brief with these and maybe I'll keep this as a series. As I write things down, I like to put them in my notes in my phone and share them with you guys. So sorry if these are a little bit all over the place. The next one is that successful people set boundaries. And I think this definitely goes along with the no is a complete sentence statement. But I really want to encourage that you are not weak. You are not um, bad at customer service because you enforce your policies. In fact, I think it allows you to serve the majority better. Jackie and I really touched on this. Jackie is one of my best friends who owns a lash studio and has her own business. We talk about the importance of knowing your nose and setting your policies and being really strong in those in my episode with Jackie. So I 
really encourage you to check that out. I will also link it in this podcast. The next thing I want to talk about is the fact that nobody is a master of all. This is something that I notice holds many estheticians back. Even successful estheticians is actually where I notice it the most because they have the most visibility. They're putting more out there. So I think I notice it more often. It is not only acceptable, you you absolutely should hire out for your weaknesses. And there's no reason to have so much pride that you can't hire somebody to do what you don't know how to do. I mean this with the most respect possible, but we as estheticians have to recognize our weaknesses, whether it is social media, maybe you just don't understand the value of high quality imagery, visuals, images that are aesthetic, or images that that are <laughs> pleasant to look at. I'm talking readable fonts, um, high resolution or just not blurry, low res photos, things like that. If you don't know how to write captions, if you're just not somebody who's naturally good at Instagram or social media, hire. Don't assume that you can't afford it and have that be the reason you struggle through it and and try to do something like run social media when that's a full-time job, or at least it can be. If you don't have the confidence or have never looked into how to optimize your social media or run your social media, or you just don't have a grip on it, consider hiring somebody, especially if you are an experienced esthetician with a lot of great content to share. I think a lot of SDs are shooting themselves in the foot by trying to do it all, trying to be a jack of all trades, trying to manage their social media, create their website, um, have a YouTube channel, have an Instagram when they would be so much better off saving themselves the time, either taking a class on it or having somebody close to you, somebody who's really good at it, help you with it, or just straight up hire out for it. It will make a night and day difference in your business. Lash and Wax OC is a really great example of how hiring out for your social media can completely transform your business and how people view you online, which is important. So it, it can be totally different for everybody. I am all for authenticity, but if you don't have the tools to use social media, if you don't have a grip on it, if you didn't grow up using it and it's not intuitive to you, you may as well just think about hiring out for it. Lash and Wax OC has done a beautiful job of branding herself. She has consistent themes, colors, her imagery, it makes the best use of her social media by showing who she is, um, but in a way that's really enticing and captivating and tells her brand story. So that's just one example of social media perhaps being something you hire out for. For me personally, and why I felt like I needed to talk about this was when I started my my brand, and I want to talk about private labeling more, but I was told in, in a lot of my private label classes, packaging, branding, those things don't matter that much. You're just creating a private label. It's about the product. It's about how it works for your clients. Not true. Not true at all. Branding, marketing, website design, all matter. And I was this close to trying to do it all by myself. You would just honestly, please take my advice, save yourself the time, hire out to do it. The first thing that got in my way was, oh, that's going to be so expensive. It's going to um, be more work to hire somebody else. It's why would I, why would I pay somebody? Because this is what most of us think. Why would I pay somebody to do something I can figure out on my own? Okay, you might be able to figure it out, 
but you're going to stumble along the way. And um, the final product, if, if anyone could do what you did, it's probably not something that is going to be incredibly um, moving or motivating to other people. So I'm, I hope that doesn't sound harsh, but I am such an advocate of hiring out for your weaknesses. And I'm using myself in a, as an example because I almost designed my brand on Canva as I was told to do. I almost tried to create my own website online, which there's no shame in doing that. And everyone has a process that's different. But I truly think it is so worth the investment to have a professional. That's what they do for a living. If you're a technician and that's what you do for a living, find somebody to help you manage your social media or or create a stunning website for you or manage your finances if you can't spend the time to actually be an expert in that you may as well hire out for it you can probably get a reimbursement with your taxes looking at the final product of how my brand is turning out now it is absolutely night and day so that's just a real piece of advice i wanted to pass on you don't have to try to do everything yourself save your te- your save yourself the sanity and um, end up producing a better product that is still reflective of you and 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 the image you want to put out there. But there is no shame in bringing on a little bit of help. The last point I want to make is about defining your intention for everything you do in your business. So this point was inspired by my dad. He is a business person and yeah, he's definitely that like alpha type, (laughs) pretty much night and day from me. We are very opposite. Um, but he has told me one thing you can do that will save you time and save you, save you trouble in having your own business is to set your intention for every meeting that you have. My dad's always encouraged me to do that whenever I have an appointment, whether it's a doctor's appointment or a meeting with my graphic designer, for example, always set your intention ahead of the meeting. Know what you want to get out of it. And of course, things can flow and things can change, but try to know when you go into the meeting what you want to get out of it. That will make it worth your while and help you really understand what am I focusing on? What am I getting out of this? And I think when you set your intention and you're very, very clear about what exactly you want, it always comes out better in the end. I would also encourage you to do this with your business as well. When I first started out in the private label process, I had these worksheets from a class I took on private labeling. And the first thing it asked me was, What exactly is your brand going to offer? What is going to make it unique? What are your core values? What does your brand stand for? Thinking about all of that so clearly really helped me set my intention for what exactly I was going to offer and why I knew my product was incredible. I think knowing that has helped me persevere and push through all of the long hours and struggles or times I couldn't make decisions, knowing it was going to be worth it in the long run for um, those people I was, you know, wanting to make happy and wanting, wanting for them to see results and progress and change in their skin that made it all worth it for me and knowing how I was going to do it, my morals and values that were going to carry through the whole way with the products and ingredients I chose and all of the sourcing and processes, those really helped me to know who I was, who I am as a brand and what I want to offer to the world. Those are my scattered ideas and thoughts, but all of my recent top tips for those of you who are thinking about owning a business, I felt like these were tips that you just don't hear super often. And 
again, I think we always think about, you know, being a business owner as, you know, you're just this strong alpha person and you just know how to persevere and you don't have internal conflicts. It's not true. And I think no matter who you are, you have things that come up and business bring can certainly bring them out. So I hope these tips help you to know your worth and know your confidence and set your intentions for what you do. Always be very intentional with your time and all of the energy you put out into the world. Thank you guys so much for listening and supporting me in this journey and process. I get so excited when I see messages from you saying, you can't wait to try the product or you're going to buy everything, which you certainly don't have to do, but it's really, really sweet. And um, I think it's, it's hard because this process is not like an overnight thing. It's not a two week turnaround. It's definitely something you're in for the long haul. So I think the motivation itself can fade because it doesn't say stay new and exciting when you're in the process. It doesn't stay that way forever. So you have to remind yourself of why you started and and you guys are honestly the best reminders I could ever ask for. So I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. I would love to know your feedback on this episode. Was it too many rambles for you? Did it resonate with you? Did it help you? Please, please let me know. If you wouldn't mind leaving me a little review on iTunes, if you enjoyed this episode or it brought you value, I would love to hear your thoughts. Thank you guys so much for listening and I will talk to you in the next episode.